glorious and blessed day to you today. I pray you're going to have a beautiful day, a wonderful day. And I pray it's going to get better and better. And God's people said, Amen and Amen. And thank you for being with me today. I'm teaching today on something really important, the power of waiting upon the Lord. Years ago, when I got saved, all I heard was, wait on God, Benny, just wait on God. And I tell you what, I discovered a part in that. It's amazing power in waiting upon the Lord. I want to show you what the Bible says. You're going to love it. You are just going to love it. Let's pray. Let's thank the Lord for his goodness and grace. What a, what a privilege we have that we can actually wait upon the Lord and find him and find him. Think about this. We're talking about God Almighty here, not just some man. You know, God Almighty has given you and I the privilege to wait on him and find him. Lord, thank you for your wonderful promises. Thank you, thank you, thank you for your word. To you belongs the glory, honor, and praise. And God's people said, Amen. And Lord, I pray you'll bless your people gloriously and meet every need in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen. And by the way, I read your comments. Thank you for the nice things you say. You are wonderful. And by the way, your prayer needs, we pray for you, that God will meet all your needs. Thank you, Lord, for it. All right, Psalm 62, verse 1. I'm going to give you the secret, the secret of miracles right here. I've experienced that myself. The secret to the power of God is in waiting, believe me. All right, Psalm 62, 1. Truly, my soul waiteth upon God. From him cometh my salvation. You know, isn't it so powerful that waiting on God literally brings salvation. You know, D.L. Moody, a mighty man of God, I'm sure you've, you've, you've heard of him, said this. He said, if I, can, if I can take a person and keep him quiet for five minutes and let that person think about his soul, I'll get them saved. Because people don't think about eternity for that long. So here you see David saying, truly, my soul waits upon God. From him comes my salvation. Because when you find the Lord, you will find salvation. But the Bible says more than that. In Psalm 130, verse 5, let's go to Psalm 130, verse 5. He said, I wait for the Lord. My soul doth the Bible has so much to say about waiting upon the Lord. I was in a Catherine Kuhlman meeting years ago. It was, I think, second or third one I went to. When suddenly she said, not a sound made. I had never seen that before. She said, not a sound made. Now, I had heard messages on it before that from many of the dear people I used to listen to in the 70s up in Canada. But now I saw it. She said, not a sound made. A man in front of us, about two or three rows, had his hands like this, and he was whispering something. Nobody heard him except Miss Schoolman. She rebuked him. She said, sir, I said, not a sound. I thought to myself, if this was me, I would have hidden under the pew, you know. A few minutes went by, and all you heard was the organ, the beautiful organ, that was first 
Presbyterian Church, Pittsburgh. And that church is still there. The power of God hit that building so strong that people began to get healed. Like this. That was the first time I saw the power of quietness in a service. I came back to Canada. At that time, I was in the ministry already when that happened. And I thought to myself, I want to try that. We had big crowds on Monday nights. Thousands of people came. And it was quite a, a difficult thing for me to keep them all quiet, you know, because I had never done that before. So I said, not a sound made, and I didn't even know if it would work. <laughs> and this went on for like 20 minutes. I tried to keep them quiet. Some of the people kept saying, amen, hallelujah, praise the Lord. They said, no, 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 not a sound. The power of God hit that building. I saw it with my own eyes in our own meetings. It was the first time I ever saw it. Everyone, I mean, every human being went under the power of God in that thousands of people fell under the power of God in our meeting. And then I knew there's something here I need to find out more about. And here we see in the Psalms. All right, let's go to Psalm 25. You know, we all know the beautiful promise, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. But look what else it says. It says, lead me in thy truth, Psalm 25 and verse 5. Lead me in thy truth and teach me, for thou art the God of my salvation. On thee do I wait all the day. Wow. So who are we ordering? Who are we waiting on? We're waiting on the Lord. So waiting isn't about just waiting. We're waiting on a person we love, waiting upon a person we want to know more and deeper. So when it says wait, it doesn't mean just wait on nothing. We wait for a person to come. Why do you wait for a doctor so he can see you? Why do you wait for a dentist so he can help you with your teeth? Why do you wait on anybody so they can come and talk to you? Same with God. We wait on him because he will begin coming our way when we wait. You know how it, how it is like in an office, uh, you, you're, not let, you're sitting outside, and the nurse will tell the doctor, so-and-so is there waiting. I'm sure they've said that. I've had people tell me that when they came to see me. So-and-so is at, you know, so-and-so just come. They're waiting outside. And immediately I said, okay, let me go see him. So when we were upon the Lord, God knows now we are coming to see him. And that's when he acts. That's when he moves. He doesn't ignore us. That's so wonderful. Isaiah 33, verse 2. I love that portion. Let's go to Isaiah 33 and verse 2. It says, O Lord, be gracious unto us. We have waited for thee. Wow. So God's grace is always revealed to you and I when we wait on him. Now, waiting means waiting. You know, sometimes I'll play some worship music as I'm waiting on the Lord. Sometimes I just read my Bible. And the longer I do it, the older I get, the less music I need. Because, you know, when we play that worship music, it's really for us, just to calm us down, just so we can begin talking to God and our minds focusing on Him. But as you get older in life, you don't need, really need, uh, you know, a whole lot of that. Because the Scriptures become your source of waiting. You know, I did that this morning. I was, I was reading Isaiah, and as I'm reading, 
waiting on the Lord, his presence begins to manifest, you know, when you do that. And then you just begin to talk to him and tears begin to flow as happened to me this morning. And then you, you, you're done an hour, and, an hour and a half later, and the peace of God that has flooded my soul over and over, it, it, like this morning. You know, it just, it sets your day right. It sets your day in the right direction. So it's not about rushing in and rushing out. It's about just enjoying his presence. I love what it says in Psalm 37, verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. So waiting on the Lord is a, is, is a restful experience. Waiting on the Lord is not something that stresses you out. You know, I told people, I said, when I go to a doctor, I'm stressed out by the time the man sees me or the doctor, whoever he or she is, sees me. And I'm double stressed when I go to a dentist waiting for the dentist to see me. I'm just completely stressed out. Maybe you're not, but I'm like that. But waiting on God, rest and joy filled your soul, not stress. So he said, rest in the Lord. Psalm 37, verse 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself. Don't get all, you know, tied up with yourself. Because of him who prospers in the way, because of the man who brings wicked devices to pass. No, just rest in the Lord. Wait for the Lord. If you're going through a battle, the best thing you can do is just wait wait on the Lord. Because he'll take care of your problems. He'll take care of your enemies too. It says, rest in the Lord. Wait for him. Don't fret yourself because of that man who wants to bring wicked devices to pass. Maybe I'm talking to somebody. You've got some enemy who wants to uh, make your life difficult with some wicked devices. It says, rest in the Lord. Wait for him. Patiently wait for him. I love that. All right. Let's go and look at Psalm 27. Now, this is a real important portion because God knows how quickly we give up, how quickly we, we just don't want to do it. You know, the, the flesh, listen. The flesh hates wait. The flesh hates to wait, I should say. The flesh just hates it. So God says to you and and me in verse 14, Psalm 27, 14, Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Why? Because we give up so quick. So God says, be of good courage. When you wait on the Lord, don't give up. Be of good courage. He will strengthen your heart. He'll take care of you. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Now, here's a remarkable. This is one of the most amazing portions of the word of God about waiting. It says that God waits on you to wait. God waits on you to wait. It's like when someone waits for you to wait for them. God Almighty is waiting for you to wait on him. It says so in Isaiah. You know, that to me is really amazing, that God is looking for people who would actually wait on him. What, like, what an amazing God we have. 
who is waiting on us to wait on him because he wants to bless us. In, in Isaiah 30, verse 18, look what it says. And therefore will the Lord wait that he may be gracious unto you, and therefore will he be exalted that he may have mercy upon you. For the Lord is a God of justice or judgment, it says in the King James. Blessed are all they that wait for him. Wow. So God Almighty is waiting for people to wait on him that he might bless them, that he might have mercy on them, that he might be exalted. And that's why it says, blessed are all they that wait for him. Because when we wait on on the Lord, we exalt him. We're, we're, We're saying, Lord, I honor you. I honor you. I love you. We all know Isaiah 40, 31. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. And then it says, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. Meaning, in waiting, we experience the wings of the Spirit that lift us high into God's presence. Hear hear what I'm saying to you. When you wait upon the Lord, the wind of the Holy Spirit comes. The current of that wind will lift you up like an eagle. That's what happens to eagles. Eagles don't fly. Eagles mount. Eagles mount, meaning they let the wind do the work. All they do is spread their wings. I did a teaching years ago on eagle Christians, and I found something amazing about eagles. They stand on on, on the rock and wait for the current to, to, to become strong. And then all they do is surrender to the wind. And then they soar high and higher. That's what God will do with you and I when we wait. Now, people will say, well, why do I have to wait? Like, what's the purpose? Because the fullness of the Holy Spirit and our waiting are connected. They're inseparable. You cannot experience God's fullness and his presence without waiting on him. And that's why he commands us to wait. So waiting, basically, waiting on the Lord, empties us of self. Empties us of the flesh. And now we're able to receive God's fullness, because when when God gives the Holy Spirit, uh, he gives the Holy Spirit in our innermost being. Well, your innermost being must be empty of self before God can fill it. You, You see what I'm saying? So self must be removed before the Holy Spirit fills you. So God fills and a, a, a yielded vessel. So how do we become yielded? Waiting. Waiting removes self. Waiting removes the flesh. Waiting removes the power of the world out of your life. And now you become available for the Holy Spirit to fill your heart. See, see God will not share himself with the world. He'll not share himself with self. He'll not share himself with anyone or anything. So waiting removes that someone or something out of our life. And now we're able to receive the fullness of God. That's why waiting is so important. And that's why 
in the early days, all that I heard as a young Christian is wait upon the Lord. I would go and see, let's say, my pastor or whoever. If, if, if ever I had a problem, and I did when I was young, like we all, you know, as we're growing in the, in the Lord, there's questions and struggles and this and that. Or because at that time, our family, my, my mom and my dad were not saved. My brothers and sisters were not saved. So I really had a tough time with them. And I would go to my pastor and say, what do I do? All he would say is, wait on God, Benny. Just wait, wait on God. That's all we heard. They, they didn't give you a long list of things to do. They just said, wait on the Lord. He'll come through for you. Just wait on God. That's the message we all need to hear today. We don't need a list of do's that don't work anyways. That don't work anyways. And, mo- and most times they'll tell you to, to do so much, you forget what they say when they're, when they're done talking. No, no. Waiting empties us of self. Waiting enables us to receive the Lord. So quieting our soul enables the Holy Spirit to fill our depth. So this is so important. In Psalm 42, there's a powerful portion I'd like to show you about how deep, it says, deep calls unto deep, deep calls unto deep, at the noise of your water spouts. Now, this is a very powerful verse because what people don't understand is waiting lifts you into the presence of God, just like those tornadoes called water spouts on the ocean. I actually saw one years ago in California. Literally lifting water out of the Pacific Ocean. I saw it with my own eyes and I thought what a, a, a it was a powerful moment. And my at that time uh, you know somebody was with, with me he said that's what you call a water spout. And now you read in Psalm 42 7 and uh, and and 8 it says deep calls unto deep at the noise of thy water spouts, all thy waves and thy billows are gone over me. So once you're in the presence of God, now it says in verse 8, the Lord will command his loving kindness in that place. In the power, in the daytime. And, and in the night his song shall be with me. So quietness or stillness, like it says, be still and know I'm God, Waiting on the Lord not only lifts you into his presence like that tornado lifts the water, and now you're covered with the waves of his presence. And, you're, and it says, thy billows. That word billows, by, by the way, is a very interesting word in Hebrew. It's the, it's the word gull. It means to roll. Think about rolling. The billows are rolling you are being rolled by waves of God's presence. That's a powerful verse. Your rolling now are gone all over me. And there the Lord will command his loving kindness. You know, I would, I would lay on my bed back in the 70s when the Lord began to touch my life in a powerful way. And if you've read that, it's all in, in my book, Good Morning, Holy Spirit. I would lay in my bed till about two, sometimes three in the morning. I would start like at 8 p.m. and just wait on the Lord. And there were times, I'll never forget this, when the presence of God began, became so mighty and powerful, I experienced that verse eight. The Lord commands his loving kindness and his, his song is in the night with me. I remember 
melodies coming out of my being in those days, and I still have it, you know, here and there. But back then it was happening daily for a whole year. When the song of the Lord would arise in me as I'm waiting on him, just heaven's melodies just came out of my being. I'm telling you, there's a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God, a place where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God. That's an old song we used to sing. There is a place of quiet rest near to the heart of God, a place where, where sin cannot molest near to the heart of God. Wow. Oh, Jesus, bless the Redeemer. You know, that is what I've been teaching about. Waiting on God, that quietness, that stillness that comes upon your soul, where peace just floods your being, where you don't want to even move. And if something happens outside, it doesn't even affect you. Why? Because there is power in stillness. In waiting before God, the soul sinks down into its own nothingness. And when the soul sinks down into its own nothingness, then we are lifted up into God's divine presence. And only that will bring fulfillment. And the promises of God are fulfilled. Because in the multitude, I wrote something I'd like you to hear. In the multitude of words and fervency of feelings in prayer, often there is hindrance to depth. Can I say it again? In the multitude of words, and fervency of emotions or feelings in prayer, there is hindrance to depth. In other words, you can't go into depth when there's a lot of activity. So sometimes people like to talk, 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 talk when they're praying, not realizing God wants to do the talking. All he wants you to do is to do the still, just be still. Let me show you a most glorious verse in Isaiah 30. Um, God is talking to Israel, and they're wanting to go to Egypt. <clears throat> and God says, don't go down to Egypt. You're not going to find any, any, any help. Because it says in verse 7, for the Egyptians' will uh, help is in vain, to no purpose. Therefore have I cried concerning this, their strength is to sit still. Wow. Your strength is to sit still. Still, precious people, in quietness. Verse 15 of that same uh, amazing chapter. Thus saith the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, in returning and rest shall you be saved. In quietness and confidence shall be your strength. But you will not. So here we see it. God Almighty is commanding us to just be still. In Zechariah 2, 13, it says, be still for the Lord now will arise out of its place. You know, we, we read about, you know, and we've sung the song, let God arise, his enemies will be scattered. It's from the Psalms. And I used to, to sing it when, when I was young. Let God arise, his enemies will be scattered. Well, how does God arise? He, uh, he arises when we're still and silent. It says in Zechariah 2.13, Be silent, O all flesh, before the Lord, for he is raised up out of his holy habitation. So stillness literally will cause, will cause God 
to arise and your enemies will be scattered. Think about that. Think about the power of quietness. Elijah understood that when he went down to Sinai. You know, he thought God was in the wind, wasn't there, the fire, earthquake wasn't there. And then he heard what a still, small voice. Ah, he covered himself with his mantle. And God said, what are you doing here? Go anoint Jehu. Go anoint Hazael. Go anoint Elisha. Because he was what a, you know, I mean, Elijah wanted to die. He was so discouraged. In waiting, he found his strength. The man wanted to die. The prophet of God. Imagine Elijah calling far from heaven. Yet one woman named Jezebel drove him into the wilderness. Wanting to die. He said, Lord, let me die. Take me home. But in that moment, when he heard that still small voice, he covered himself and became very silent and found not only his strength, but also his future, his destiny. For God said, go anoint. Go do what I called you to do. Go finish the work I gave you to finish. And then we all know what, what happened when he went up to heaven. So there's great power and quietness. I would ask you to really do this. Just sit quietly in the presence of the Lord. Open your Bible and just read some precious portions from the Psalms or other parts of the Bible. Or just listen to worship music until God quickens you on the inside. And when he does, heaven will come, will come down and glory will fill your soul, I promise you. Lord, I give them your word. And I pray, Lord, as they wait upon you, that you will bless them as you promised in your word with strength, with strength. And I thank you, Lord. They will see victory after victory in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to say one quick thing. As you wait on the Lord, the flesh will have no more power on you to pull you into its world. Then you can yield to the Lord in your spirit. See, your soul stands between your body and your spirit. When you don't wait, your body has power to pull you into its world. When you wait, the flesh loses its power to pull you into its world. Now you're free to surrender to the Holy Spirit. Because, you know, we are so accustomed to the flesh. We've had this flesh with us since we were born. So we're accustomed to yield to the flesh. It's easier for us to yield to the flesh than to the Spirit. But the amazing thing is, waiting weakens the flesh. Well, now we don't have to yield to it. Now we're free to yield to the Holy Spirit. Waiting on God, that's why the Bible says, wait, I say, wait. Please do it, and you'll find strength in the Lord, I promise you. And we wait upon thee, Lord. On thee do I wait. Even if it takes all day, David said, I'm going to wait on the Lord. Do it. Your miracle is in your waiting. Did you hear what I, what I said? I'm talking to someone who needs this. Your miracle is in your waiting upon the Lord because in waiting, there is power with God. All right, thank you for being with me today. I pray this has blessed you. Now, it's time to give to the, to the Lord's work. Giving is biblical. Giving is God's command. Giving 
Paul talks about giving two chapters in 2 Corinthians 8 and 9. And he says, as you increase in all other graces, increase in this grace also. Because giving is grace. When we experience God's grace, God commands and speaks to us to give to his work. And when we do, we experience more of his grace and blessings financially, physically, in this world where God takes care of us. So the only way to protect our tomorrow financially is by giving. And the only way to have favor financially is by giving. Because when we give, we find favor with God. We, we really, really do believe me. The Lord will favor people. Why? Because when we give, we say, Lord, I vote for your kingdom. I am for the gospel. Because only givers really love the Lord. Only those who love the Lord give to his work. Nobody gives to God's work unless they love him. So people give for whatever uh, groups and organizations because they want to be recognized. We give because we love. And the Bible says when we love him like that, he will bless us over and over and over again. Lord, bless them as they obey you. Bless them as they show you their love through giving and worship you through giving. We give you all the praise. Bless your people and multiply them. In Jesus' name, amen. Yeah, it is an act of worship because it says worship the Lord with an offering in the Psalms. So we worship him with singing, with loving, with serving, and with giving. You can do it right now on the platform you're watching me on. You can go to our website, benin.org. That's the easiest way to do it. Or you can text BHM45777. Tomorrow, a very special program. Don't miss it. You're going to love tomorrow. Much love to you. Thank you for being my partner.